Welcome to a brand new season of Time Out with an Actress SBSC, a podcast series by an actor Shahid Bhagat Singh College, where we chat with social entrepreneurs and change makers from whom inspiration can be drawn. We are your hosts, Unnati and Siddharth. In the previous episodes, we have interacted with various and actress starters with an aim to unravel their experiences. This season, we are back to featuring conversations with social entrepreneurs who have a unique story to tell about the unfolding of their career and lessons learned along the way. In a country like India, providing access to healthcare is one of the biggest challenges which must be overcome to achieve health for all. Today, we will be focusing on how a particular organization is improving the lives of disadvantaged children and ensuring omnipresent access to healthcare. For this, we will be talking with an incredible person, Dr. Radhika Batra, who is the founder and president of Every Infant Matters. Dr. Radhika believes in inclusion and health equality and wants to ensure access to healthcare for all. She was selected as Forbes 30 under 30 Asia honoree in 2019. Like so many of us, she is multi-passionate and she is here to share a bit about her journey to creating a life she truly loves. Great to have you here with us, Radhika. So could you please tell our audience something about yourself? Hi, Siddharth and Anati. Thank you so much for the stellar introduction. I think it's an honor to be featured on your podcast. And uh, yeah, you're right. I am a social entrepreneur. I'm also a pediatrician by profession. And I basically started my journey in social entrepreneurship in 2017 when I was doing my MD in pediatrics. And I saw the gross inequalities that existed in the healthcare space. And, uh, you know, I was working with children and I was working in an area where uh, children were of a very low socioeconomic uh, status and they were not very well off and the parents were not very educated. And a lot of children used to die and they used to die every day in front of my eyes, almost, uh, you know, if on a daily basis, 10 children were dying, almost seven, eight were deaths that we could easily have prevented had there been a... you know, a simple, timely, cost-effective intervention put in place on time, be it as uh, simple as a vaccine or a, or two drops of vitamin A given at a, at a particular time, or just uh, a, availability of resources like money or, uh, you know, a machine like a ventilator. All these things could have saved children. And that just broke my heart that these are preventable deaths. And this is a very, um, it's, it's a huge travesty of justice, I would call it. that children are dying of inequalities of lack of resources so that is what uh, inspired me and you know it just gave me a bit of a shock i would say and i just wanted to do something in this space and that's how i started off with every infant matters so that's um, i think that's uh, about uh, how i started off with it and aside from that uh, i've just you know been very involved in uh, the, so the social entrepreneurial space in the last three, four years, be it with uh, Every Infant Matters or with lately with COVID relief in the last one year. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. And of course, yeah, like I mentioned, I'm a pediatrician by profession. I work mm-hmm. at the government of India, Ministry of Labor. And uh, I juggle both these full-time jobs um, as much as I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's good to know. Like it must be an you know good journey from a pediatrician to a social entrepreneur. So yeah. like, can you please tell our listeners like what is the challenge that you go through? Like you know while juggling through both these things. Ah uh, okay. So 
there's always you know the lot of challenges that you face uh, in life when you're dealing with people and both of these jobs are basically people centric right and they are they are both dealing with lives of people they are both dealing with uh, something you know which which has which is as uh, precious as human life so there's always a lot of uh, there are a lot of highs and lows in both of these jobs and um, as a pediatrician like i mentioned i see a lot of death and that that low is the worst low possible that you know you were not able to save a patient and a family lost their child uh, while you were responsible for that child so that low is very difficult to deal with at times even though you know that you've done your best it's just that the case is too far along gone and nothing in the world could have uh, saved that particular patient but at the same time you know you you do feel like incredibly sad and particularly for a person who's as emotionally involved as me um it's not a very good habit to be emotional about your patients but you know it's just uh, when it is like that so i can't really help it so it's very difficult to do that's a very big challenge and it comes to the entrepreneurial aspect of my job you know the i think one of the major ones being that in a country like india any woman who deviates from the normal path of uh, you know doing a job going to college then getting married then having kids is looked upon as a you know as a as a outsider as an outcast i think uh, you know what i'm talking about and uh, you know how uh, women in particular in this country what are the challenges that we have to face as women i think unnati would know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah exactly yeah so to deal with that misogyny and that patriarchy has also been a very big challenge with people questioning you know why are you not focusing on your pediatrics why are you um, you know going out uh, of the way and uh, starting a enterprise of your own why are you not focusing on your personal life why are you not getting married you're 29 so you know all of these things uh, these questions these raised eyebrows from extended family were also very unnerving to in the beginning but then you know when you when you think about uh, what you've achieved and uh, when you think about the 57000 children who are not going to become blind just because of you you do feel like okay you know everybody is getting married and starting a family but not everybody is saving uh, children from blindness so that is how i cope with these problems so that's another major challenge then of course you know there are these uh, administrative challenges which come with uh, dealing with the social enterprise or enterprise of any kind you know fundraising is a challenge staff management is a challenge procurement is a challenge everything is a challenge these days you know uh, coming on to the next question so like for the previous answer you just gave i totally agree and i also want to add on that people shouldn't end up blind because of the diet right if i'm exactly. not wrong yeah yes so yes. like coming on to the next question so yeah. what motivated you to begin this work exactly and did your family support you throughout this journey okay so what motivated me was uh, there were a lot of things you know but i think the major part chunk of it lies in what i had been through myself as a child and that was that i was ill when i was unwell i had got this uh, fever which was not going and it took a lot of uh, energy resources it took my parents all they had you know to get me diagnosed and 
let let me just you know uh, focus that i uh, that i come from a very privileged background and my entire family is full of doctors my parents are doctors and even with these privileges it took my parents all their strength to get their child diagnosed and treated so you know while i was going through that process i saw a lot of helplessness uh, you know that feeling of helplessness was very evident in my parents and i could see their um they could see their condition i could see their sleepless nights i could see their worry which comes with having a sick child and i joined pediatrics i saw that same helplessness day in day out on the different uh, patients that we were you know treating their parents and i just felt like you know i was privileged enough uh to have this luxury of having doctor parents of having connections in the medical world but there are so many children who are not as privileged and they need help in uh, you know tiding over this inequality that exists in the healthcare space and that is what i feel motivated me to start something to help uh the, the children who need help who are worst affected by healthcare issues and i think uh, i think the immediate reason was that uh, once i was uh, this is just an incident which came to mind while i was talking that once i was uh, in the emergency and one child came a four year old girl i still remember her face very clearly she had uh, seizures and we couldn't control those seizures and when we asked about history uh, her medical history there was a history of a dog bite which had happened 3 4 days back and the parents did not get her vaccinated for the same and they thought that the local uh, herbs which their uh, some baba ji or some uh, you know which doctor mm-hmm. had given would be enough to ward away any uh, evil or any problem that might happen after the dog bite and that girl ultimately died of rabies so you know in this day of modern science and technology it's uh, it's just like you know we take it for granted that anybody who gets a dog bite will get vaccinated against rabies but that was not the case you know all of us living in our um, urban hometowns in the air conditioned comfort of our homes we can't even imagine a scenario where a 4 year old child is dying of rabies because the parents were not aware that vaccination is essential so this is what really hit me in a very hard way and that is that is the day i decided to do something about uh, this problem and to ensure you get this access to healthcare for all so that was what i think uh, you know more, that was what that epic moment was for me yeah that's good to know so now like i have also read that every infant matters works internationally so how did you make your presence felt worldwide and that to across three different continents and i'm sure you must have faced a lot of challenges while networking and all that so how did you like thought of taking such a big step and how did you face those challenges see what happens in the um, you know in the networking space international networking space is that you attend any networking event be it a conference be it a virtual webinar whatever you meet a lot of people from different walks of life and uh, there's always you know if you're meeting like minded individuals be it from any corner of the world there's always a certain synergy that you feel and that comes from a deep rooted uh, you know a deep rooted want of wanting to make a difference in your particular community 
so you know sitting in india i cannot even imagine the problems that the girls in kenyan slums are facing but when i meet those people when i interact with those people they tell me their problems which are unheard of to me i tell them the problems in my area we you know mutually we find a symbiotic way to work with each other where each benefits one another with the ultimate goal of there being a greater good so basically you have to keep aside your personal um, you know uh, you have to be very selfless you can't think of any personal gain in this area right so so basically you just have to work towards that greater good together and you have to focus on how like i met with, i'll give you an example like i met with uh, this person from kenya who's now my partner in kenya and he told me about the 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 you know the practice of transactional sexual activities that takes place in kenyan slums especially specifically after the lockdown which basically meant that girls were having to sell out their bodies to get money for essentials like sanitary napkins and sanitary napkins is something that you and i take for granted you know it's like it's just there in our lives and it's, we can't even imagine having to go through such a heinous process to procure an item like a sanitary napkin right so so sitting in india you know i just it, i just couldn't take it that is a horrific situation i have to do something about it so i applied for a grant and uh, got an x amount of money to get these people the sanitary napkins that they needed so it's it's all about you know it's all about your um, how should i say it's all about your insatiable desire to help others in their time of need and how badly you personally feel how deeply you personally feel for a cause it all comes down to that and if you i truly believe that if you very deeply and strongly feel for something you will be motivated enough to go ahead and do something about it so that is uh, i think what drives change in uh, the youth of the world today and that 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 feeling or it's it's there in all of i think 100% of the youngsters that i speak to and i feel like it's an amazing uh, generation to be a yes definitely uh, totally agreed with that yeah yeah no, no, so you can what, continue you can continue yeah that's what is the driving force behind these things now uh, when it comes to international networking i think it's a very good idea to talk to as many people and as many networking events as possible then look for synergies and then go about it in a very selfless way keeping aside your personal motives and interests and keeping aside the thought of any personal gain because that is the only way to go ahead with uh, such uh, you know international relations and international expansion that is the way to go about it yeah yeah so uh, totally agree you do what have you said right now <laughs> and i also think that true love for something is selfless and it of is prepared course. to be sacrificed of course so of course. absolutely I, i also abide with it definitely <laughs> and like so now like also now i would love to hear about what you are doing to alleviate the impacts of covid because as i read somewhere that you have been actively working towards covid 19 relief programs so oh, yes. could you please elaborate yeah, on that yeah yeah okay so covid uh, very interesting to hear okay so we started last year in march when the pandemic had just began in india and that time you know the immediate need was masks and sanitizers so we started off on a very small scale and we started distributing masks and sanitizers to disadvantaged children in the slums that escalated i would say to 
another problem that you know it just evolved into another problem not escalated evolved into another problem of hunger when the great indian lockdown happened back in march of 2020 so you remember back then there was this pan india lockdown the migrants were starved the yes. daily wages were yes. starving yes. and you know hunger suddenly became a bigger pandemic than covid-19 and people would die more of hunger so we started distributing ration kits like dry ration and we gave 20 kgs of atta 20 kgs of rice dal spices oil we distributed these kits across various slums in new delhi lucknow northeast lot of areas then came the next crisis and that was pp for health workers so uh, can you see the you know the timeline of events march is masks mm. then april is hunger then may aate aate we understand that the health workers are dying and not getting adequate pp so we focus on that so we we focus on challenges as they come right now pp we did a massive distribution of pp across seven states of the country we gave uh, hazmat suits and 95 masks shoe covers goggles you name it 500 face shields we gave you name it we gave it right all over the country now you come to need of the hour in the second wave come fast forward to april mid april of 2021 now what is the crack now the crisis is completely different there is a massive humanitarian crisis pan india there are no oxygen beds available there is no oxygen available in the hospitals there is no uh, ventilator available there is no medicine available so how do we tackle this situation you know and i personally felt the crunch of it when my grandparents both of them got covid 19 and i myself and my mother got covid so for us of course we we being yeah vaccinated our situation was not that bad but my grandparents were much older they required hospitalization they required remdesivir they required you know everything which at that particular moment i'm talking about 13th april that's when we were mm-hmm. the worst hit right at that particular yeah. moment absolutely nothing was available so i'd like to reiterate here that i come from a privileged medical background and even then i am a doctor myself my parents are doctors my entire extended family is doctors but we really felt the even within our family that just made me think you know what is going to happen to the common man because at that time delhi had almost 30000 cases a day so it was just you know it was just a apocalyptic horrifying situation where people were dying without even with outside hospitals you know just just gasping for life that was the situation back then so we started something known as the covid task force of every infant matters and what the task force did was it started off on a very small scale six volunteers and me we started off by answering sos calls from various uh, social media platforms from various friends and family help them arrange uh, what they needed be it an oxygen bed be it a ventilator be it medicines whatever it was we helped them get it and it slowly the movement grew the word spread and it grew from six volunteers to currently we are at 165 volunteers and we work 24/7 round the clock arranging medicines arranging whatever people need it's it's a, basically it's a support system it's not just a helpline it's a support system and the requests range from uh, something like medicines to something like we don't have money for cremating our loved ones it goes from we don't have food uh, to eat it just you know it goes from we don't have ecmo nowadays nowadays you know uh, the requests have again evolved from remdesivir to amphotericin b 
the problem has evolved from a peak in covid to a peak in uh, the fungus infection right so we're mm. continuously helping people arrange what they need when they need we're working almost 24/7 and so far we have answered almost 13000 sos requests we've assisted 13000 sos requests in the last uh, i would say 35 days so i think uh, that's been a massive uh, covid relief program that we've done now coming back to second wave now uh this was what the youngsters were doing the volunteers were doing what the senior management of every infirmaries was doing was setting up covid care centers and uh, what happened is as the as the peak progressed the problem in delhi died down and the problem increased in the rural areas and the northeast india where it's currently peaking at the moment as we speak so we've set up these three covid care centers in the northeast in manipur and uh, we we've got oxygen concentrators and beds for that for those people there so that's it's a totally a uh, pro bono service so there are three uh, three centers over there then there's a another very interesting project going on within delhi and that's called the million meals project so again coming back to the second wave second lockdown so again hunger is peaking right so we're feeding we are feeding homeless people within the delhi slums we are giving out almost 1700 meals a day we have a van which takes cooked food from our kitchens and it goes into the community and it feeds uh, it stops at uh, i think four different spots within delhi and it gives out the cooked food to children to the homeless people to the slum dwellers and uh, it does around every day and it comes back so this is um, i think this sums up what our covid relief efforts and um, Oh yeah, we also have an oxygen bank. So oxygen bank was again started when the oxygen crisis hit. So we have a bank of concentrators uh, here in our office. So if there's any needy family who needs oxygen, needs a concentrator, they can take it from us, use it, and return it when their need is done. So this is also something we're doing. Yeah, I think that's that's about it. Yeah, wow, it's really like good to know what people like you have done, and are like still doing so much to Thank help you. others. in like such difficult times and i really yes, hope the situation agree. yeah and i do hope the situation gets better really soon so uh, now like that you were listed in forbes 30 under 30 asia 2019 so yeah. we'd really like to know like how was your experience and uh, how did you feel when you gained such recognition at a young age so of course you know you feel really good uh, when you get recognized for your work but you know when it comes down to uh, reality recognition is just uh, i would say it's, it's a stamp of validation for your work so that feels good and that helps you gain more traction so forbes opened up a lot of uh, arenas for our work it, you know it it gave us uh, approval that you know forbes is uh, written about this particular project so it must have a certain amount of credibility and they must be doing genuine work so that really helps you as an entrepreneur it really helps you get uh, donors it helps you get more uh, you know it opens up a lot of so i think that uh, that meant more than the recognition itself that it really helped us expand and scale up our work all right i'm sure it must have been a proud yeah. moment for you yeah 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 yes <laughs> so also like would you like to share anything else about like any particular projects you are engaging in currently and what does the future hold for every infant matters 
so i think you know currently we are very focused on these covid projects very 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 focused and uh, of our the projects have taken a back seat but when you know the covid situation does abate there are a bunch of projects in child sexual abuse and disability which i would like to take up there's an organ donation drive that i would like to start and if if you feel like actors could you know help me in um, amplifying and you know um just taking forward these projects please do get in you know let let the listeners get in touch if they want to help out in anything if they want to volunteer for anything do let them get in touch um what the future holds for every infant matters it has a lot to be done yeah we want to expand to at least three four more countries we're looking at rwanda we're looking at cambodia we're in talks with uh, yemen as well so you know trying to hit the countries that we trying to help the worst affected as much as possible and um, hopefully we'll get there right now the world is absolutely closed because of the pandemic but uh, as in when the situation improves we'll we'll be able to scale up and uh, hopefully we want to add a technology aspect that there's this screening tool that I've developed I want to get that off the ground but again you know uh, owing to the situation everything is on a standstill So let's hope things get better in the coming year, and we can all get on with our lives. And you know, COVID stops uh, being such a harrowing experience for all of our families. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. So like, really looking forward to all your projects, <laughs> and we wish you like all the good luck. And I'm sure, like in future, if an actor or we could contribute in any way, we'll surely you know get in touch with you. That'll be so, great. So yeah. and like now i'd really like to know like whenever you get free time from mm. your like busy schedule so how mm. do you spend it and basically de-stress yourself i think i'm very blessed that way that i have a very good uh, social circle in terms of family and friends who are like family so mostly you know um, chilling with them or being with them on the phone or just you know um, de-stressing by zoom calls these days is what keeps me going being around family and loved ones is what uh, i like doing the most and aside from that you know i read uh, quite a bit i read novels i read uh, scientific papers as well and i write uh, as you might have noticed in my bio i write on topics which i feel strongly about i find writing very de-stressing then i listen to a lot of music i work out two three times a week and then i try then i bake i bake a lot uh, all my friends are very fond of my cakes so yeah baking is a good is a hobby yeah that must be yeah. like really fun because <laughs> like i also listen to music a lot and i also try to de-stress myself Yeah. So, like coming on to the last question from Arun. Yeah. So, what advice would you like to give to the budding social entrepreneurs and students listening to us right now? So, I think everybody listening right now um, would be the mostly the youth because I don't think you know adults have much access to podcasts. But everybody listening, you know, I would just encourage them to give up the apathy. Don't have this chalta hai attitude because this is your country and this is your planet and nobody from the outside is going to come up and clean it up for you, right? So whatever you know, people say that India is a horrible place to live in. We should all move out. We should all migrate to the US. All right, you could do that, but you know, ultimately it all comes down to what about? I mean, you can't have this apathy. You can you can go to another country, but that country will come with its own set of problems, right? so you have to have that uh, you have to give up apathy and embrace empathy 
and drive let that empathy be a driving force for change and uh, find a cause that you feel deeply about and then stand up and do something about it to make a difference and make a change in the world that's what that's my parting message to everybody listening thank you for these tips we'll make sure to implement them <laughs> yeah. yeah and thank you so much for interacting and sharing these wonderful experiences with us we really enjoyed your company thank you for thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for having us actually yeah, thank you for coming here and talking about all these things that are going on so with this we come to the end of another episode of the season I hope you all found it to be fruitful. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for more such exciting and enlightening updates.